0: Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, practical Buddhism for the modern world. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 23 of Season 2 of the Toward Light podcast. At the beginning of this season, I mentioned that I would be grouping episodes thematically based on the changing of the seasons of the year. And so for fall, the general theme is going to be letting go. I'm going to start us off by talking about a sutta called Five Themes for Frequent Contemplation. These are five things that the Buddha urges us all to think about daily. Some people do this practice every morning, some people hang this in their home or on their mirror somewhere that they can see it to remind them all the time. These themes are important because together they all cultivate this sense of samvega, vega, this sense of spiritual urgency. They all point toward impermanence, which in turn points us to the importance of practicing deeply in this moment this urgent need to be here right now. I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the sutta, and then I'll break it down. Bhikkhus, there are these five themes that should often be reflected upon by a woman or a man, by a householder or one gone forth. What five? One? A woman or a man, a householder or one gone forth, should often reflect thus: I am subject to old age. I am not exempt from old age. Two, a woman or a man, a householder or one gone forth, should often reflect thus: I am subject to illness. I am not exempt from illness. Three, a woman or a man, a householder or one gone forth, should often reflect thus. I am subject to death. I am not exempt from death. 4. A woman or a man, a householder, or one gone forth, should often reflect thus, I must be parted and separated from everyone and everything dear and agreeable to me. 5. A woman or a man, a householder, or one gone forth, should often reflect thus, I am the owner of my karma, the heir of my karma, have karma as my origin, karma as my relative, karma as my resort. I will be the heir of whatever karma, good or bad, that I do. I'm going to talk about each of these five themes, the difficulties of reflecting on them, the benefits of reflecting on them, and at least one way that we can use them in our mindfulness practice. Depending on what culture you live in, aging can either be venerated or ignored. Often in the United States, there seems to be a real emphasis on the importance of youth, and there's anti-aging serums and this and that. There's this intoxication with youth and a lack of looking at the truth that we're all aging all the time. Sometimes we can almost think that we're doing something wrong if our body is aging, if our body is changing, when in fact everybody's body is doing that. But again, we don't always see it or it's not always talked about. What I'm seeing in myself these days is a change in my hormones. And so when I have a hot flash, that there's this real moment when I can either own that this is part of the aging process Or I can get angry and resentful and aversive. Or that five pounds that I used to easily be able to shed off is not so easy anymore. And again, I can accept that for what it is. I can reflect that this is aging. I am not exempt from aging. Or I can push it away and be in denial, delusion. The benefit when we reflect on aging as we can see the universality of the experience and it can give us some more compassion for ourselves and for others. The other day, my husband and I were in a coffee shop and we parked, we went in, got our coffees and left. And in that period of time, another couple had also parked and it took them that long to get inside. And so Rather than judging them for being elderly, moving slowly, I felt compassion well up in me. And also this realization that that will be me one day too. In mindfulness practice, when thoughts about aging come up, or when there's a pain or discomfort in the body related to aging, notice if your response to that thought or that sensation is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. That's it. You don't need to do anything else. The second theme is this theme of illness that we should note and reflect that we are not exempt from illness. This is something we often resist. We can see it as a weakness. Being ill is unpleasant. And our neurobiological system is always pushing us toward pleasant, right? It's trying to push away pain and move us toward pleasant, because our very primitive brain associates pain with danger. So when we're ill, we can be very aversive to that. Also, many of us live in a capitalist society where productivity is honored so highly that being ill is a problem. Even in the United States school system, there's things like perfect attendance records, So even if a kiddo is sick, they may choose to go to school because they want to keep their record. So there are systems in place that stop us from reflecting on this very natural process of illness. One of the benefits of reflecting on illness when we're healthy is that then when we're ill, it doesn't seem to be such a problem. We can also see the impermanence and the unreliability of the body. When we practice mindfulness and we feel ill, we can see the link between the unpleasant Vedana and then whatever comes up in our mind. So I feel that tension in my stomach. It's unpleasant. And then what happens next? What thought does my mind come up with? can I start to get to know how contact with something unpleasant can lead to proliferation of the mind? The third theme to reflect on is the theme of death. There is an entire section in the first foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of the body, that focuses on death meditation. But it's interesting that the Buddha brings it up again here because he sees it's so important to look at all the time. Again, there are cultural limitations. Some cultures sanitize the death process, separate us from that process. We can block ourselves off from the knowledge of death or our own death. We can get so trapped in the fear. We don't see it as a natural part of life. Kate Inglis says, We are the only animals who know death will take us from each other, yet we are the only ones who are shocked when it happens. The benefit to contemplating death is that it puts things in perspective. Urgency comes up of, oh, if I only have this moment, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to be a benefit to myself, to others? In mindfulness practice, if we're doing mindfulness of breathing, we can train our attention such we're imagining it's like our last breath and we want to pay that much attention to it so it can help us strengthen our effort. The fourth theme is this theme of separation, that we're gonna be separated from everything and everyone that's dear to us. This reflection is important because it's combating greed, right? It's combating clinging. We hold on so often, we reach for We don't pay attention to the separation. Again, our system is trying to keep us safe. So, so often we hold on to pleasant things or we get fixated on things. We see things as permanent. And so reflecting on separations help us to let go. We have survived millions of separations and will continue to. If you just think about what's happened in your day up until now, you separated from the sensation of sleeping. Maybe you were with somebody and then you went to work or they went to work. You separated. Maybe you went to the bathroom. You separated from that food that you had eaten last night. Separations are happening all the time. So when you're practicing mindfulness meditation, and the mind goes to the past. The past is always about separation. The past is always trying to hold on to something that is no longer here. So you can notice the clinging that might be happening, or the aversion of not wanting it to be different, or the delusion of thinking you can recreate that. So notice the poisons. You can just label it greed aversion, delusion, without judgment, but just getting to know that when we're lost in the past, we're lost in these poisons as well, because we're not seeing the truth of separation. And the final reflection is this reflection on karma, that the only possession we truly have is our actions, that at the end of the day, When we die, the only thing left behind is how we lived, what we did. This fights the capitalist cultural norms around having, and instead focuses on how we are, what we do, our being. This reflection adds some weight to our decisions. We're able to notice in each moment that we have a choice. We get to choose where do we put our energy, where do we put our time, how do we interact with ourselves, with others, what do we give weight to, what do we let go of. So when we're practicing mindfulness, a way that we can see karma is that we can see the weight of the poisons. We can see the difficulty and the pain of the poisons as they arise. So again, you see greed happening in the mind. You notice, then, is that pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? You can do the same with aversion and delusion. It's getting to know that if we put attention into these unwholesome mind states, it could potentially lead to unwholesome actions, which is going to lead to negative karma. Or we can emphasize The positive mind states we can notice when generosity is present, when compassion is present, when clarity is present. How do we feel? Is that pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? So I'm going to read these five reflections one more time. I've linked to them in the show notes, and I recommend maybe writing them out or hanging them somewhere. Or making a choice to reflect on these every day, when you wake up, before bed, whenever. Notice if these themes bring some quality of some vega, some quality of spiritual urgency to your practice and to your life. I am subject to old age. I am not exempt from old age. I am subject to illness. I am not exempt from illness. I am subject to death. I am not exempt from death. I must be parted and separated from everyone and everything dear and agreeable to me. I am the owner of my karma, the heir of my karma. I have karma as my origin, karma as my relative, karma as my resort. I will be the heir of whatever karma, good or bad, that I do. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.